dangerously close. My guest today is Helena Cardona. Audiences will recognize Cardona from her standout role as beauty shop proprietor Fafi Drew and the Academy Award nominated film Chocolat. Um, you know, I'm going to take one moment to stop for the listeners and say, guys, moving forward, I am going to say other names and words that are in French and forgive my pronunciation. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> uh, her credits also include notable roles in The Hundred Foot Journey, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Jurassic World, Enough, and Mumford, among others, on the small screen. Cardona rec recurs as Monique in the Amazon Prime comedy Upload and can be heard as a computer voice in Heroes Reborn, as well as John Wick Chapter 4. I can't wait to see that. Actually, that's the only one I haven't seen. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Love that. X-Men Apocalypse. One of my absolute favorite of all the X-Men's. Happy Feet. I love Happy Feet. And Muppets Most Wanted. One of my absolute <laughs> favorite films of all time. Sorry, I, I'm not. I'm doing a, a poor job here. I need to keep moving. Coming soon, Cardona can be heard as the seamstress throughout the first season of the new original Apple series, The New Look. And she, oh, you know what? I'm going to stop right now. I could just, I could just do this for days. Let's just keep reading. Also, I looked at your IMDb and I was, I was very, very tempted, but I won't, I mean, just because you're in so much stuff I like, but what's up, Lena? <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I guess just to everyone listening, I, I promised right before all of that went down that I wasn't going to just sit and just start reading this bio for five minutes. And then <laughs> I proceeded to just start reading the bio. Um, so uh, how are you doing today? And thanks for being Great. on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah. I know this is, a, this is an audio only podcast for the time being, but I cannot stop looking at the painting you have behind you. Is that, did, did you do that? No, it's a friend of mine. Uh, it's a tiger. Um, uh, her name is uh, Alexandra Eldridge. Um, she's a, a friend, um, an artist who lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico, that I've known for years. And uh, I just love it. You know, a lot of her paintings are very uh, influenced by Blake, whom, William Blake, whom I love as well. Yeah. So a lot of um, images within, you know, uh, the painting that are... Um, that I love, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like mesmerizing. Did you say her name is Alexandra Aldridge? Eldridge. Yeah. Eldridge. I'm gonna mm -hmm. follow her on Instagram. Does she have a, an Instagram with her paintings on? Yes, or? she does. And actually, she's also uh, uh, given me a, an image for um, one of my book covers because uh, I'm an actor, but I'm also a poet and a writer. And, oh, cool. Uh, so yeah, so my my last, I I I have published seven books altogether and some are my own poetry and some are translations of other poets that I uh, love. And, but uh, my own, my last one is called uh, Last Suspension and the cover image is also by her, by Alexandra Eldridge. Beautiful in a haunting way. It's called Life in Suspension. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, uh, it, at first, you know, I was just talking to you and only paying attention to you. And then uh, once, of course, once I hit record, then I just noticed that and I was like, I can't stop looking. So yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna follow her, and that's cool that she did the cover of your book too. Yeah. I bet actually this is this must be great that uh, anyone that does a Zoom call with you must be like, hey, what what is that painting in the? <laughs> yeah, some, sometimes I'm here and sometimes I'm at my uh, other desk, and it's all my books behind me. So I just sometimes want to to change because it's usually just bookshelves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 
as as you can see, I have a Christmas tree still, and I don't, yeah. I don't who knows how long that's going to be there. Um, Lovely. Right, that was not meant to be my first question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when I was reading your uh, bio, I kind of glazed over this, but uh, I saw that you did uh, Cerebro voices in X Men Apocalypse and X Men Days of Future Past, which I personally consider to be the two best X Men films. Uh, mm. And I guess I should mention for people that aren't X Men fans. Cerebro is the computer that Professor X uses to find mutants. So my first question is, uh, which leads me to my first question. Uh, if you could have any mutant power, what would it be? Any hidden power? Yeah, like yeah, like any it doesn't have to be something that X-Men has, but you can pick one of theirs if you want. Right, right, right. Well, the the thing about doing the uh, cerebral voices for the X Men um, that was very haunting, because you're in these you know um, other worlds, you know alternate universes, and all these voices you know um, come out of nowhere, and uh, you have to inhabit uh, characters in in sometimes very dire situations. So it was yeah. really. Um, yeah, it was brilliantly done, you know, and it was it was very uh, very intense, very intense work. But uh, I don't know. I guess there are maybe many like being in different places at the same time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, those are those are both the ones with uh, James McAvoy, not not uh, Patrick Stewart. So did he yes. like? Is he like just kind of like uh, playing off? Uh, like, were you like, were you in a sound booth uh, by yourself, and he's kind of playing off you later? Is that kind of no, how no, no, no? I, I, uh, I, I never got to meet him. It's like sometimes you work with some of the uh, leads in in the movie when you, when you do the the voices, and sometimes uh, not. It just depends. So I was in a huge uh, on a huge sound stage, you know, and there's a, a big screen like a, a movie theater cinema size screen, and uh, and the movie's playing. And then you you see the images and you have to record. Uh, there's different mics, you know, in the room, and so we were a bunch of actors working there to to recreate those. Uh, oh, those okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I get the yeah. idea. Almost, almost like uh, working in like 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 how like maybe in a Pixar type thing where it's like yeah. you see uh -huh. you see the the moving image and then you're just matching it and uh, right. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Cool. Sometimes your own booth, but sometimes you're in this on this really big stage. And uh, and and it can be quite physical. You you sometimes you have to step the mic, but other times you have to move around, you know, and 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 uh, and really be physically involved as well. So yeah. even though you're working with your voice, the whole the whole body is involved. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds fun. I, you know, that's one of those things too that never really occurs to you, like when you're watching the movie, because I've I've seen both those movies a number of times, and in those scenes, it never really like. I guess it's just one of those things because, well, I guess I get, you know, I get very easily immersed in the movies and don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think about production. It's not like a lot of, some people yeah, are like it, that and they're like, oh, what, how do they do this? How do they do that? I'm all, I'm so in the story that that's kind of stuff. Yeah. If it's and, well done, you're in the yeah. story, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that, that's, a, <laughs> I agree with you entirely. I feel like that's one of, it's, if the movie's like, it's like cinematography. If it's, if the cinematography is really, really good, you don't notice the camera work, you know, unless, unless you're trying to, I think, but I could be. That's a matter of opinion, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's a that's really interesting. I just when I was asking that, I had I was really not actually expecting you to say that's how it was done. That like that you're like on a huge soundstage watching that scene and then matching the scene and like and you're like you're allowed to run around and kind of go nuts. Right. Anyway, but yeah, thank you for uh, 
uh, humoring me and talking about uh, X-Men a little bit. It was very... Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know I've... what? It's really freeing to do this kind of work because you're you're not on camera. So you are you're just can show up, you know, in very comfortable clothes and just like have a blast yeah. uh, doing all kinds of weird things, you know, with your face or, or your body and your voice. Yeah. Totally off topic question. Have you, did you ever read any X-Men comic books before you did the movies or? Is, no, it, uh -huh. no, no. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I, I grew up on those comic books. Like that's probably like how I got into books. Like before right. I moved on to real books. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, <laughs> comic books are real books. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of books, <laughs> that was a warm up question. Here is my real first question. Um, so you're a poet, linguist, literary translator, and actor and an award-winning writer and author of seven books and you speak six languages and hold u.s french and spanish citizenships so my <laughs> i guess my question is um so what, you think you're better than me <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was not a fair question, That's um, not a fair question. <laughs> how did you learn six languages how could you Keep yeah, I, I grew up in a very uh, international uh, family and, and set up. Basically, I, I was born in Paris and my father was from Spain and my mother from Greece. And then we moved to Geneva, Switzerland right away, which is already very international. And my, my dad was working for the UN. So, you know, when you grow up in Switzerland, everything everywhere is written in three languages. So, oh. you know, you buy um, a chocolate bar, you know, at the supermarket and all the ingredients and everything, they're all written in three languages. So it's hard not to pick up, you know, another language. But then I, I still did. There was a, a German uh, lady, a German couple. They were friends of my of my parents living there in uh, near Geneva. And I think when I was uh, 10 or something like that, I just wanted to learn German. And she started teaching me. And uh, at, at home, we spoke Spanish and French, and my mother taught me Greek. And then I went on to study languages. I went to study in Cambridge and in Germany. I got scholarships, fellowships to study in Bremen, which is next to Hamburg. Yeah. And I, I got fellowships to study in Spain as well, into universities. And so it was um, an interest I had, you know, uh, in languages, in addition to growing up that way, you know, and then we moved back to Paris and my dad still worked for the UN yeah. and all his colleagues were like from South America and <laughs> such. Yeah. I guess maybe like, do you feel like maybe you just kind of have, uh, just like the right kind of mind for it? Cause I just like, for me personally, like I, uh, I wanted, yeah. I've always wanted to be fluent in Spanish. I've, I've tried, you know, I, I minored in Spanish, uh, uh -huh. like in, in college and stuff. And I got, semi-fluent but that's like with with the help of school and having i was doing a lot of construction work and stuff uh -huh. at the time and so working right. with lots of guys who spoke spanish as a first first language right and I, but i feel like i never never could nail it i can never like yeah you know, like, so that's that, an interesting I, question i think there is such a thing as a, a a brain for it in in a sense you know because it's it's been proven uh that um the part of the brain, you know, that deals with languages also deals with mathematics and music. And I, yeah. I was a musician early on, you know, since I was a child and and I was a math major in high school. And as a matter of fact, um, 
yeah, I was approached by Sidney Pollack when he uh, was working on the movie The Interpreter, you know, starring Nicole Kidman. Yeah. And um, he wanted to speak to somebody who had worked as an interpreter and uh, had knowledge about the United Nations. And then uh, first talked to him on the phone and then I got to meet him and he picked my brains. And basically he made the character uh, that Nicole Kidman plays, he made her uh, a Sorbonne you know, linguist. And he had her also play an instrument because those things are are connected basically in the brain. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm off. I'm completely out of my notes now. Cause now I'm just kind of like, just fascinated <laughs> on like, on this like polylingual. Is that even the word? Is that, is that how you say it? Polylingual? Multilingual or multilingual. Multilingual. Okay. <laughs> multilingual is the Latin one and polyglot is the Greek one. Polyglot. They, 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 I mixed mix them up. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm not even... I'm not even that great at my uh, my uh, like first language. <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay, I'm gonna move on to uh, one more thing. So that was actually a second warm up question. This is the real first question. All right. Uh, so <laughs> you, so you, as I said earlier, when I was reading, I'm a gigantic Muppets fan. Uh, we've uh. Uh, we've done two episodes on the show, just literally just to talk about the Muppets a couple times. Um, mm. Muppet Treasure Island and Muppet Christmas Carol, and but you were in Muppets Most Wanted, which yeah. I truly believe is one of the most quotable movies of all time. I really believe <laughs> that. Uh, but my question for you is, who is your favorite Muppet? Oh, I don't know. I can't answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I have one. You know, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a trick question. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Okay. It is. Well, because yeah. I mean, I will. You know what? I'm gonna drop it. What's What's yours? <laughs> Who's yours? Uh, Gonzo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then we're going to leave Muppets behind for a moment. But who knows? It might return. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> um, but let's, let's talk about some, uh, some of the stuff you've got like that's upcoming. Um, mm -hmm. You have an upcoming uh, Apple TV show called The New Look about the rivalry of fashion icons Christian Dior and Coco Chanel. One, just to be a little bit silly, but also I'm kind of curious. Are you able to say which one you think is the better fashion icon or would that be like a spoiler alert for you to have your own Well, opinion? you know, the thing is, this is a movie that takes place during World War II and right at the end of it, right? Right after uh, the war is 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 finished. And it's it it shines a light on, on, on these two fashion icons and especially on a different a different um, look on uh, Coco Chanel. So I don't want to give it away. Yeah, uh, but it's really interesting to to look at the history and how, you know, how everybody uh, was affected um, by the war and 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 behaved accordingly, basically. So, uh, um, where, yeah. where's where's Coco Chanel from? Can you uh, yeah, she's French. She's they're, French? They're both, you know, yeah, they're both uh, French. Um, okay. And French fashion houses, and France was was occupied, you know, um, by the Nazis. So under occupation, and it had a a, a government um, that was uh, based in Vichy uh, that was uh, collaborating with the Germans. So yeah. it was um, a very, uh, I think, uncomfortable situation. I think for France uh, and also. Um, uh, historically, you know, it, I don't think we have uh, come to terms uh, completely with with that 
part of history. And then there was um, a government, uh, Charles de Gaulle, you know, uh, exiled himself in, in England. And from there, he he uh, organized the resistance. And so there were like France was basically, you know, divided, you know, between the the, the resistance, the people who wanted to and, and were fighting the Nazis and the ones who were collaborating. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a dark period of history. Um, I, I think Germany has done a lot to shed a light on what went on and to make sure it doesn't happen again. I, yeah. I'm not sure if you've, if you've ever heard about this, It's uh, but I heard that uh, Germany even, they don't allow Scientology, like the religion, Oh, well, they were very strict, but I think uh, that changed a bit. I'm not sure exactly where it's standing now. I know that when Tom Cruise went to film uh, Valkyrie uh, yeah. over there, he was able to maybe, um, you know, he 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 maybe was able to get things done. I'm not sure exactly where it's standing now. Okay, because he is yeah. kind of like the he is the ambassador for that religion, and so yeah, I imagine if okay, uh, so I didn't know that, but I I'd heard I'm not something. sure. I'm, I'm I'm really not not sure where where yeah. they're standing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need a I need a fact checker here, but I don't have. It. <laughs> I don't <know. laughs> but uh, going back into your show, uh, just um, and like you said, I know that we this this is not out yet, so we can't really, but. Uh, maybe we could just dance around just some of the ideas and then I, I promise uh, like there will be no spoilers uh, just maybe like because obviously the Nazis were uh, very fashion conscious because uh, weren't weren't there uniforms designed by Hugo Boss is that I believe that's, well, that's uh, oh, at the time you were saying already uh... yeah and like, wasn't that their that wasn't like they didn't they have like a very famous fashion designer design all the uniforms for the infantry Oh, I have to check. Uh, I feel like I keep, I, I feel no, like I I keep saying that, things that I can't back up. <laughs> well, you know what? They they um they were um this is the dichotomy, right, with the Nazis that supposedly they they liked uh culture so much and classical music and they were having those parties, you know, um and, and concerts and they um and, and yet they their behavior was barbaric, right? Yes. Uh, uh and and they say, I think the reason why they did not bomb uh, Paris was because they uh, were in awe of its beauty, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't really buy that. You know that that uh, thing where you know you can be supposedly uh, loving culture and 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 behaving in such a barbaric way. I think it's just. Uh, oh, yeah. No, know. that's just. That's yeah. That's classic fascism trying to trying to seem like you're because uh, their whole thing is they're they're so superior they're so intellectual of course they're going to be like oh well, we want to keep the art time was really uh i mean it's really uh uh tragic what happened for everybody involved but germany yeah. at the time was really uh ruling europe in a way you know they were ahead of the other countries in so many ways yeah. and definitely with the technology it's like you know they just uh, it's it's really um, a tragedy, like what what happened in in so many ways, and um, and you know after the war, basically it became um, it became this cold war, you know, this race between the West and the East to to grab all the all the mines, you know, from Germany, you know, all the scientists. Uh, the U.S. let a lot of Nazis come to to the U.S. because they wanted access to. Oh yeah. To, to, to that knowledge and the same with the uh, USSR 
it became just, uh, you know, um, I mean, some of it is touched upon in the movie Oppenheimer, you know, that is. Yeah. And, and the, and the yeah. space race. I mean, that's how we all got to the moon is stealing those rocket scientist Nazis. I, I want to share this with you. I, I looked it up just to make sure I was correct. Uh, Hugo Boss, the founder of the famous brand, designed uniforms for the Wehrmacht army during World War II. So I was right about that one. Right. No, you were you were right. Yeah, I was trying to remember because, you know, so many American companies were uh, working with the Nazis and and uh, and funding uh them and so i think i think ford you know the 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 car maker oh yeah oh yeah, so, yeah. he was a we there was a film <laughs> oh there was a film recently it's called amsterdam i really enjoyed it with christian bale yeah. and yeah. they so, they basically call out uh henry ford in the film as uh one of the yeah. people one of the one of the american industrialists that was trying to collaborate with Nazi Germany before uh, war was declared. Right. Yeah. 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 It's always like that, right? Between the financial interests, you know, and, and, and politics and the interest of, of yeah. the people for humanity. It's always a fine line. <laughs> the, the, the only people that really win in wars are obviously, you know, industrialists, the, arm, the arms, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the ar arms dealers, yeah. arms dealers. And yeah, I mean, the point is, the point is, I'm gonna watch this show. This I'm so much, so much more interested in it now. Because at first I was like, okay, fashion, cool, all right, Coco Chanel. I've heard a lot of her quotes. Uh, oh, it's but beyond now, fashion, definitely. Yeah, this know, goes way beyond a fashion. Picture of, of what was going on at the time. Uh, and, and you are the seamstress. <laughs> is that that's the that's your uh, your yes. character's title, the seamstress? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Well, then I cannot wait to watch this. So this is actually, I better. Uh, re-up my Apple TV subscription so I can watch you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on, uh, you have another, you have a film out right now. That's uh, we don't have to wait. It's already out and you're already winning awards uh, from what I hear left and right um, <laughs> for your role in the film Kerelik. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me what is uh Kerelik about? Who is in it? Who is your character? Kind of everything like, uh, yeah, what, what's, yeah, what's, what's yeah it's about? a beautiful story. It's really a mother-daughter story. I I play Arlette, and I I Carolik's uh, mother basically. And um, the movie is really about mostly our relationship. How um, I I was a designer. I, when the movie starts, I'm I'm a designer in Paris, and I'm successful. And but things go wrong, <laughs> and then I I. Uh, I moved to I moved early on to the US from France, you know, and Caralique is is a very small child when I very, very tiny when I moved to the US and she grows up basically in, in America. And um and I'm having to really make ends meet in all kinds of different ways, like looking for different jobs because I I can no longer work as a designer. And so, but the whole time I am basically creating a, a magical world for Caralique, who herself is a very magical child, you know, and she inherits those artistic genes when it comes to fashion from me. You know, she's um, obsessed with it. And uh, since very early on, she, she creates all kinds of designs. And I encourage her, you know, she goes through um, uh, childhood and uh, and her teenage years uh, making designs and trying to get them out and, you know, and facing, you know, a lot of uh, rejection. 
But the whole time, her whole, you know, the whole time I'm there, I stand by her and I support her. And um, and basically um it's it's this bond, you know, between mother and daughter that really is at the core of the movie. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's it's kind of ironic that I like I just I was not expecting the uh to talk about so much uh fashion design. Uh, oh yeah, so right. Much, because I didn't I didn't I didn't know that uh your current project that's out and the new the new thing I didn't know they both had a fashion kind of like right uh, a fashion like theme yeah fashion yeah. theme yeah yeah uh, that's cool too and also like this sounds like something that I would be very so I I became a dad last year so uh -huh. like the whole being a parent thing is like uh is still fresh yeah. and new to me and I know that obviously you said this is a mother daughter film but I yeah, think that it's I can, a family film really I yeah. think I can appreciate it as a person that, that's a dad son i mean <laughs> oh totally it's just a single parent because the husband you know the the father uh dies early on so basically it's just my daughter and me you know um but it could be a single dad it's it's just you know um parent child you know yeah um, yeah 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 i feel like i feel like you might have just said that but like when you so uh you you leave paris come to the to the u.s uh where in the u.s like Oh, where? Uh, well, uh, they end up uh, in, we end up <laughs> in <laughs> California, basically. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, the, you, you know, one of the joys about uh, uh, making this movie was, um, first, I loved the script, I loved the story, and then was working with uh, Callie Funston, you know, the child actress who who plays the title role of Karalik in the first half of the movie. Yeah. She was just extraordinary. You know, she was, she totally was the magical child. You know, we, we were able to really create a world, our own, and... Uh, I had, you know, I was just so impressed with her. It was her first film. You know, she's a third lead and um, and uh, and she was so professional and so, um, you know, uh, ready to to adapt to any new changes because we had script changes uh, up until the very end. And she just always knew her lines and she was just a delight to work with. I have to say, I you know, she's also a dancer. Uh, works with a, a, a famous dance company here in 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 Los Angeles, a mother dance company, cool. and um, yeah, 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 somebody to oh. uh, to look out for. <laughs> I was, oh, you took you took the words right from me. I was literally going to say somebody to watch out for. Uh, yes, up, up and coming star. rising star. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, That's super absolutely. awesome. Yeah. So yeah. are you guys? Um, in my uh, my notes, it just uh, said that you're still like you're kind of on the. Uh, uh, film festival kind of like tour kind of thing like are you guys kind of going around the, uh, are you like going to the u.s I ended. It, no i wish they hadn't but they ended submitting the film to festivals it, um so we we had a few festivals and we did really well you know yeah. I, I i won four awards and uh cali won two all right uh, i had a wild film festival we each uh won best actress i did and she did best a child actor and uh, Scotland Film Festival and um, the Lady Filmmakers Festival here in uh, Beverly Hills and also uh, the Beyond the Curve Film Festival in Paris as well. So, yeah, it, it uh, just found distribution. And so it's on uh, Amazon Prime, I think, Apple TV oh, and great. maybe a couple other outlets. And that's it for the festival circuit. Yeah. <laughs> so I will not be seeing it at a festival, but I could right. if I want, I can actually just go watch it tonight if i if i oh, search yeah. Yeah. oh great yeah. so uh you yeah. said it's amazon or apple i could get it either way yeah, if, yeah right. if you have amazon prime or or apple tv yeah okay well 
You guys heard it at first. Carrie Leak is currently available at your house. You don't even have to go to a <laughs> festival. And sometimes, you know what? You have to go to a festival. You have to like, you have to get dressed. You gotta. Uh, it's kind of like what you're saying about how it's fun to uh, <laughs> when, you, when you were when you were doing the voices for Cerebro. Right. Yeah. You're like, you could just, you know what? You can just wear something comfortable. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Uh, if you want to have a glass, of, a glass of wine, it's not twelve dollars. In the comfort <laughs> of your own home, absolutely, yeah. So I guess uh, moving away from uh, film and just into like this is just the world of my curiosity about things that you do. Um, right. <laughs> I have to ask, uh, as a literary translator, uh, mm -hmm. you must have come up against some bizarre turns of phrase. Uh, right. like, uh, you know, that are difficult to translate. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. like there's always like some really common saying in a language that has like, it has a simple meaning in the language where it sure. came from. But then yeah. if you do an exact translation, it'll, it'll come into English. It'll say, <laughs> it'll be like, if you have 10 shoes, you have too many shoes. And it's like, right. what, that, what is that? You know, but like where it came yeah. from, that's, it's like, no, no, that just, that just means like, Hang Hey, on. watch out for, you know, falling rocks. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask, you know, in, in your work, uh, what are some of the most difficult or strange phrases you've ever had to translate? Well, you know, idiomatic expressions are always hard to translate because sometimes there is an equivalent and sometimes there is not. And so what, what happens is that in every language, uh, there are words that just simply don't exist in another. And you have to, to find a, a way around it. And uh, and sometimes there is a, even a concept that's different, and I think it's it's always a challenge. And you, uh, but you know what I try? I always try to do um, uh, as faithful a translation as I can. You know, yeah. but the trick is really to capture the the spirit of the of of the the text, the story, or the the poetry, the the soul, the essence of it. You know, and sometimes you that means just being. Uh, uh, a little different, you know, the translation, um, but it's going to really be more faithful that way. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and even more than that, you know, in, in languages, you, I think there are a reflection, you know, each language is a reflection of the, of the psyche of its people in terms of how the, the words are used. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's a great way to, to understand different people. So, so we don't really see each other as different, basically, when I say different, it's just a different culture that is only different or foreign uh, uh, as far as we are not familiar with it, basically. And so the more you familiarize yourself with other culture, the more you realize, you know, how similar you are in a way. But to give you a very simple example uh, with Spanish, um, for instance, and, and it really shows, uh, uh, you know, to to want and to and to love. Uh, first, there's like uh, several words, you know, for the same thing. Uh, let's say to to querer yeah. is both to want and to love. I know this one. I'm sorry. I just got so excited because I actually I actually yeah. know this one. <laughs> and you know this one. And there's also Amar. But it 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 um it also but it gives you an insight into you know yeah. into the psyche. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just trying to do it. Is it like uh te quiero? Right. Like, te quiero is I love you. But yeah, uh, it's, but but it's but literally but, it just says I want you. But I want you, yeah, because you can say quiero comer, which is I want to eat, right? Yeah. And, uh, oh, but in, 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 in English, if you if you say so, if you say like if you say I want you in English, 
it has a very different connotation. It, it does not has that same connotation. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. So they meet there, you know, but um, uh, yeah. So I, I find it really interesting. I mean, I, um, my, my new translation that just came out this year is, um, it's called the abduction. And it, I translated this uh, Syrian poet, um, uh, Maram al-Masri. She's now Franco-Syrian because she, has exiled herself in France uh, now for a long time. And she writes in both Arabic and French. So I translated her from the French. And um, and uh, so it, it was also a culture, you know, a culture shock in a way, because this is the story. It's called the abduction because it's about the abduction of her baby. So when she was a young Arab woman living in France, the father kidnapped the baby and took it back to Syria. Uh, and so she didn't get, she didn't see her son for 13 years. And so, wow. yeah, so these are, you know, poems that read like a story, you know, about first the love of having, you know, her son, and then the despair of of, of the son being taken away, and then they reunite, you know, yeah. and uh, which is really beautiful. And then it's also, it touches on immigration and war because she's an immigrant, you know, and I am an immigrant here as well. So, you know, we have, these connections and um and the last um the second part of the book is about about the act of writing you know how for her the act of writing is really uh um an act of um like catharsis yeah yeah it is catharsis and it is revolutionary in a way because you know she's a woman expressing herself and everything about her you know her desire yeah yeah, yeah. that's so that's um did you say that you translated that, that into English or? Into English, yeah. So I translate from French into English. I translated another poet, Gabriel Arnoulot-Jacques, also Beyond Elsewhere. That's a very spiritual book from French into English. And I translate also from English into French. So there's a beautiful poet here in the U.S. Her name is Dorian Locks. And the name is actually French-Canadian. And she, uh, she all her books and all her poetry, uh, all her books are extraordinary. Uh, the one I translated um, is called in English, What We Carry, and I translated it into French, Ce que nous portons, and it was published by a French publisher, Edition du Cygne in Paris. So, and I've also translated, um, I also translate from Spanish into French, into, into English, um, because my father, uh, in addition to working for the UN, and he was a lawyer and a diplomat, he was also a poet. And so um, in 2008, we went to Spain, where the uh, government of Ibiza uh, paid a tribute to him and published an anthology of his work. Or was it 2007? <laughs> and then, uh, so what I did, my father passed away a few years ago, but I had uh, in 2018 published uh, this anthology of his work translated from Spanish in into English called Burnham Wood. And it's titled after uh, Macbeth, the Burnham Wood of Macbeth, which has a political connotation of the people rising against, uh, you know, a totalitarian regime because he had to escape, you know, he had to leave Spain. He had to escape during Franco's dictatorship so as not to be arrested. And yeah. which is why uh, I was born in Europe. He, he had left for Europe. And so, and it's also a book about uh, his love of his native island, you know, Ibiza, uh, so yeah, so from French into and Spanish into English, and from English into French or or Spanish, yeah. Um, just out of curiosity, what are the other three languages that 
So German, because oh, I, German, picked yes. up, you know, I picked it up early on. And then I, I studied it uh, at the Goethe Institute in Paris. And then I had a fellowship to study it and live in, in Cremant, Germany. And um, and then, of course, uh, Greek because of my mom. Oh, yeah. And, and But I picked up Italian along the way. And so I I, uh, I use it sometimes for work as well. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I don't know very much uh, of that at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's what uh, you made me think of something just this popped into my head. Um, I got really into the Netflix series Narcos and I watched it a couple times. It's the, it's the Pablo Escobar story. And then there's also the one <clears throat> that's Narcos Mexico, which is a lot closer to the, the type of Spanish that I am more familiar with speaking because I've known a lot more people from Mexico. But uh, as yeah. I had told you uh, previously, like where I was, you know, out, outside of the classroom where I was learning a lot of my practical Spanish was on construction sites, which yeah. made me like, I would say more adept at let's say like like colorful language or like you know <laughs> like, you know what I mean uh, yeah, yeah you know the the word sure. you know what I'm saying uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh and, and if you watch Narcos is very it's very yeah. vulgar and there's uh -huh. a lot of I leave the subtitles on and I you know because I I do need them just to really you know follow the show well yeah but all the time I'm catching them and I'm like that's not what he said. It's not oh. exactly, it is, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. but that's uh, the one thing that's when you were bringing up uh, take care. I remember learning that in school and then being like, oh, that's kind of great. Because when you see it in, in Narcos, they do it all the time where they're like, take care of. And it's something that you would just say to like, any, like anybody that you love, not someone that you necessarily romantically loves, but like, yeah, they also, yeah, you know, they'll yeah, say like, they'll say yeah. some, they'll say something crazy or just off the wall. And then on the, on the screen below, it just says, bastards and i was like that's that's not what he said yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes that's the more acceptable version right yeah um just to refresh my memory uh going back uh the author of the abducted can you yeah, the abduction uh, yeah the, the abduction can you please uh say her name again because i i yes know. yes it's maram m-a-r-a-m al a-l masri m-a-s-r-i awesome I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. I have a, a question too. Like, I mean, obviously you speak all these languages, but uh, I imagine that you probably like still maybe dabble to a little bit, you know, with some other stuff. Uh, so with her situation, she was speaking Arabic originally. I'm, I'm sure that's that's her, right. that's her first language. Yes. And then she, uh, I don't know if she. Knew well, she friends. studied. You know, she she studied um, in England, and then uh, she she moved to France. So she. Uh, oh, so she's also a polyglot. She's also a polyglot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I was just kind of curious. So, but yeah, uh, having so it's kind of it's almost even kind of wilder because it, it it comes from someone whose first language is Arabic. She wrote it in French, and then you translated it into English. So there's. She wrote it in both uh, French and Arabic. Oh so, wow. French edition is bilingual, Arabic and French, French Arabic. And then so I worked from the French, but I, you know, I've known her 10 years and I, I met her in 2017 in Paris. And we've had a lot of phone conversations as well to to make sure I got exactly what she what she meant because of the original being in two languages, precisely, you know. Yeah. But I'd be interested to know how different the um the Arabic version and the French version are as she wrote them because i've like for instance like uh like i have heard this multiple times about the quran that uh -huh. if you if you don't speak if you don't read arabic uh, -huh. uh the quran 
doesn't it's it's not as good or it's like it doesn't make it it's not as uh poetic or something like it's a much more it's a much more poetically written Yes, book yes. than it No, is that's if you precisely read it in English because of uh, of that that I uh, needed to to talk to her because I didn't want to take the French just at face value. yeah I wanted to ask questions about um, certain you know uh, lines in the French, and to go back to exactly what she meant in Arabic, and to go back to the source. Yeah, yeah, cool well yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I have so much. I have so much stuff to check out. So I gotta check out. I gotta check out your show. I gotta check out your new movie. I gotta check out this book. Um, but I have to say, And we my are own, getting. and my own book, life in suspension. Oh Yes. yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. Well, we'll we'll get to that too. Uh, but I would Yeah. have to say this: that we are getting dangerously close to the lightning round. And um, I have to be honest with you: some people get. really really easy lightning rounds and some people get really hard ones and co-producer colleen just sent me yours and i believe that you have been someone who has uh selected for a very difficult lightning round and this is um as we said uh literary translation she sent me a bunch of english phrases um maybe we'll just maybe we like just for fun we'll we won't do all the we'll do a couple different languages for some of them and uh Will you uh will you translate the uh like the phrase or word and then Uh-huh. and then tell me what it would literally mean in English? Would that <laughs> okay. be okay? Okay, Yeah. awesome. Uh, the way the, so the way the lightning round works too is that uh it's like supposed to be super fast, like no time to think. Although obviously this is like really I'm I'm asking you to do literary translations with no time to think. So I totally understand the absurdity of what I'm asking, but <laughs> just just uh like. Just gut reaction of what you would think uh, the translation would be. So first one off the top, this is going to be impossible. Let's go. Uh, let's go into French if that's fine with you. Yeah. Uh, hot diggity dog. I don't know <laughs> what is. <laughs> you don't know the, uh, the 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 phrase "hot diggity dog." I've heard it. I'd have <laughs> to the context. <laughs> okay. You're all, all, always free to say pass. Yeah, a pass. Um, how do you say hot <laughs> in French? oh, that's one that's um, very similar because it's show and it's it's also used with all the different meanings in French, just like in English. Oh, actually, how do you say this? Um, like a hot dog, like that you would eat. Oh, yeah, that um, we've kept the English word in French. You Oh, know, you the just French say hot dog? Yeah. Okay, well then, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to make an executive... Lit, uh, literary translation decision and say that if you want to say hot diggity dog in French, you just say hot diggity dog because they say hot dog and the diggity part is just, that's just a, that's a flourish. <laughs> we're, we're learning a lot. Um, okay. How about this one? Um, let's go into Spanish. Okay. Uh, get your goat. You know, like when someone gets your goat, Um, it like bothers you, right? Yeah. Is that what it is? Um, Like that, like that. He's really getting my goat. Yeah, you know this is really <laughs> hard for me to do. Uh, for no, I the just, moment, it's this like, is the, this is the hardest lightning round I've ever seen anyone get. yeah. Going back to the um uh, those expressions in French, where um we use the English in French as well. Some uh, have both. Like let's say the weekend in English, right? Yeah. We use weekend in French, but we also use fin de semaine, which is really the 
the French way of saying weekend, which is fin de semaine, end of week, right? Yeah. So the purists, there are some purists in French in 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 France who, who don't like using English expressions. <laughs> they think it's tainted the French language, right? Uh, and so they'll they'll use fin de semaine, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but but everybody uses weekend, you know, nowadays. It's like uh, it's really um, uh, infiltrated the French language. But you can still say fundus men. And the other thing about language is languages are alive. Yeah. They're dead. I mean, we know the dead languages like Latin and, and so on. Um, but they evolve, you know, they evolve. And so, um, but the French Academy is very set into um, protecting the French language. And so it's a fine line between, you know, how is the language evolving and 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 how much. <laughs> Because all the languages, I mean, when you look at English, okay, let's look yeah. at English. Right? English has more Latin words than Anglo-Saxon words. But most people don't know that because English is Anglo-Saxon, right? Yeah. Um, but if you look at uh, the number of words that have a Latin origin, there's many more. And so that comes from the Norman invasion, right, of, of England. And some some words will have like a, a French one, and and a Saxon one, right? So um, uh, sometimes, like for animals and food, one will be the the animal um, in in the wild or in the you know that you're raising will have the Anglo-Saxon word, and the one you eat will have the French word. So Ooh, I I, I, rec <laughs> I recall this from uh, a, a Joseph Campbell lecture about uh, the a time period when France was dominant over England. And so the English were more of the peasants, and the the French were more of the arist, you know, the right, the right, arist yeah, aristocrats. Yeah. So when you had so pig was uh, th that was like the English word, and that meant like animal, and pork meant the food because the the French exactly. people they eat the they, it's in yeah, yes. and it was kind of the same thing uh, cow or beef. Well, I guess. What's French? Vosh, Vach? Vash is the cow. Yeah. Vash, but yeah, but but that was and like he, he was he went yeah, through all the all the, the things. And beef so, yeah. is the bug that you is when you eat it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ch chicken, so poultry is that true too? Or chicken and yeah. yeah, I mean that's typical, exactly. And so, but when you look at when you look at this, basically English is an extremely rich language um, because of that, because of having absorbed all this vocabulary, you know, from Latin, French, you know, and then um, the Saxon. So. Yeah, I mean, languages evolve, right? And they become richer. Um, but it's true that we also have to be careful about, uh, I think the French were very concerned for a long time about the dominance of English in terms of, you know, overtaking, you know, the, the national language. But overall, what what the reason is that English is a very easy language to use. It's yeah. simplified. Right, like French has all these, like the conjugation, like Spanish, you know, of verbs. Um, that that's a lot more uh, involved than than English. You yeah. know, that you said an S at third person, but everything's the same other than that. And then you know, there's, there's no uh, there's no like gendered. There's nouns. no gender in English. You know, like yeah. in French, we have two genders. German has three. You know, and and uh, plus it has also declinations that it's kept. You know, which is what Latin and Greek. Uh, have so English is is really also English is is shorter is like more succinct in terms of how when you express yourself you can you know when when you translate and when you see it with subtitles too you always have to 
English is always shorter than the Latin languages. Yeah. So it's it's, uh, it's lent itself very well, I think, for international usage because of that. But it doesn't mean that you have to um, erase the other languages, of course, right? They, you want to honor all the other languages, yeah. You know, one thing I find fascinating is, so I love uh, hip hop and rap and, and you know, obviously who doesn't, but like, uh, <laughs> you know, as, you know, you would think that a lot of what it is, is like, when well, you want to hear the words and you want to know what the rhymes, you know, uh -huh. you like, or generally, you know, if I listen to an American rapper, I'm hearing all the words he's saying, and then I'm, he, he or she is saying, and I'm, you know, mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, in my brain, I'm like, okay, I'm putting it together. There's a, there's a story or a message being said to me. But it's actually incredible how much, how enjoyable, uh, you know, someone who does not speak French, how enjoyable it is to listen to like a really good French rapper or uh -huh. uh, a really good Chinese rapper, like rapping in Mandarin or some another language that I don't speak at all. Like I don't even speak a single word of that language. Uh, but sometimes you hear like, that's just something I come across mostly through film. Uh, when I watch mm -hmm. for, like foreign films that add in, uh, you know, rap from countries that are, that I'm not, you know, familiar with their language. And I'm like, wow, this sounds so good. And yeah. I don't know what he's saying, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so, wonderful to be able to to watch movies in the original language, I think, and and have subtitles. You know, I think it's um, it's terrific. And and the American audience in general has been reluctant to, you know, resistant to doing that. But yeah. interestingly enough, because of Instagram and TikTok and all these videos that have like, you know, the the writing on it as well. When yeah. people speak, people are now like getting used to to reading what people are talking. And I think that's going to be very helpful for people to watch uh, movies in, you know, in foreign languages, in the original language, um, which I think because you, you, you hear, you know, the, the rhythm and the, the sound. And I mean, it's great to dub, you know, and it's great to, to, to be able to see dubbed versions as well. But I think it's fantastic to be able to uh, hear the original versions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's uh, what you just said to like, it's so kind of, it's such a, what an unsuspected place for such a great thing to come from as, you know, people once again, uh, embracing foreign films, films in languages that they don't, they don't speak because yeah. who would have guessed it? TikTok <laughs> <laughs> and Instagram's these, the, the reels with the, yeah, with the subtitles I mean, on it yeah. and everybody's getting so used to it again. They're like, oh, okay. And I would say like one of the, one of the very like just to take the irony to a whole nother level uh <laughs> i went through a little time period where i wasn't watching a lot of uh foreign films because i had gotten in this very bad habit uh which i am really trying to break especially like as a parent because it's like it's bad to just be on your phone it's oh. like te that's teaching on like a really negative habit i think you know that, that's that screen <laughs> yeah. time stuff but uh i got to this point where i i would watch movies but i'd kind of like pull my phone out of my opinion mm -hmm. At, at home, I would never do that in a movie theater. And uh -huh. I think, I think, I think doing that in a movie theater is like so really incredibly yeah. rude. But, yeah. uh, but at home, I'll, I'll be watching a movie and really even enjoying it. And, but I'll get my phone out and be like checking my email. And, uh -huh. Uh -huh. uh, and so that's one thing that actually helped me was I was like, <clears throat> you know what? If I watch a movie that if I look away, I miss dialogue, mm. then I won't look at my phone. And that actually has worked for me. 100 percent. so if i if i watch a film if i don't speak the language 
and there's a dialogue scene, I'm not going to pull out my phone and check my email because I'm going to miss <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, because right, right. I'll, I'll look back and I'll go, wait, what? Why? <laughs> why are they crying? Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. But I mean, if the movie is good, then there's no such temptation, right? Because you're completely in it. You're like not even, you know, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, one would like, hope, here's the thing though, is I think that, I think there's like a thing with people with phone. I think phones are kind of messing people up because they're like, they're like addictive. They're like cigarettes, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so like uh, to a certain extent, like getting your phone out is almost like pulling out, a, you know, it's almost like you want a cigarette. It's like you're, you want like a, take a hit off the phone. So yeah, it's, you know, one, one thing you can do is you can plug it, <laughs> plug it in on a charger in a different room or right. put on a, put on a movie in a language you don't understand and you can't look away because you'll <laughs> miss the dialogue. <laughs> Uh, right. Elena, I actually, I have to ask you, um, this is the most important question of the day. Uh, okay. it's a, it's a multi-part part question. Um, first of all, where can people find you, follow you? Um, once again, uh, where to, uh, watch your new film, Carolique. And I know your, uh, your new show is not out yet, but, uh, when does, uh, the new look come out on Apple and when can we watch that? And then I guess, uh, What's the other one? Your book, uh, how to how to get a copy of your book, and any other th any other projects that you I, you have so much going on. I I feel like I'm just oh, jabbering. Thank you. So, uh, well, I'm I'm on Instagram as Helena Cardona Magic, which is uh, my name is spelled two different ways. I mean, I have three passports. So on the French and American passports, it's spelled H E L E N E with accents on it. Yeah. But on my Spanish passport, it's spelled Elena, E-L-E-N-A. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm using the French and American, you know, uh, writing on uh, for my name for social media, which is H-E-L-E-N-E. Uh, -E -E. So Helene Cardona Magic, H-E-L-E-N-E-C-A-R-D-O-N-A, -E -E Magic. That's on Instagram. And on Facebook, it's just first name, last name. So Helen Cardona, I have a, a public page and a personal page. And then uh, Twitter is also first and last name. And I have a website, which is my name. And of course, an IMDB page where you can like um, look up all the different projects. So Caralique is on Amazon, on Amazon, Amazon Prime and Apple TV. And I think there's a couple more. I'm just not sure. And then um, my books are um, Dreaming My Animal Selves is, is a book that is very much inspired by uh, animals and dreams and life in suspension. And they're both uh, on Amazon. My publisher is in Ireland, uh, Salmon Poetry, and you can also order directly from, from Salmon Poetry. And cool. um, yeah, independent bookstores. The translation, The Abduction by Maram Al-Masri is on Amazon. It's published by White Pine Press, and it's also on Bookshop um, and independent bookstores. And um, what else? The new look is coming out uh, in February. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's almost here. Yeah, it's almost here. And uh, yeah, I, I recorded voices for another uh, miniseries that also takes place during that same time period, um, which is called uh, All the Light You Cannot See. And that's on Netflix. And that's based on the uh, Pulitzer Prize winning novel by Anthony Doerr. 
and it's also very beautiful i mean it's just completely different it's 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 a story of a, a young french girl and a german um boy who um you know who who find themselves like who who are trying to survive and and you were speaking of of photography cinematography you know yeah. earlier on this is a movie where it's just exquisite you know the um the way this was filmed so i recommend it it just came out uh, oh, I actually, yeah, I, I, have, I haven't seen it, but no, but I, I saw that I, I was on Netflix and I saw that it was on there and I was like, Ooh, yeah. this is, I was like, <laughs> add it to my list. <laughs> Just a, it's, there's, yeah. there's not enough time in the day to see all the stuff. Everything. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so much, uh, yeah. and now, I mean, you've added so much media to my list. Uh, and also <laughs> I, I, I do love, like, obviously, uh, yeah, it's, it's always easiest to just order a, a book, but like yeah. you said, if you can get it from an independent bookshop, that's yeah. always, uh, I think, always a preferable um, thing. Yeah. And just ask them too. If they don't have it, be like, hey, get yeah. this book. They'll order yeah. it. If they don't have it, they'll order it from the uh, from the publisher. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's and, very good. And to yeah. make sure the things, you know, uh, I always mention this too, public libraries, if they don't have, if they're, if they're not holding the books that you want there, just ask them. They will, the All public yes. libraries will always order Anything you ask for, if you're just like, yeah, hey, I want this absolutely. this book of poetry yeah. in there, and yeah. it's not just for you; it's for every. Like, think about all the other people that get to read this book because you ordered it to the library. So I don't know. Absolutely, yeah. Order it. Um, ask the library to order it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, Elena, it has been an absolute pleasure finally getting to speak to you. And uh, <laughs> what day is Likewise. this? Likewise, yeah. Saturday. I hope you have a wonderful Saturday night. Well, thank you. You too. Beautiful weekend and uh, a fantastic. Let's have a fantastic 2024, right? Oh yeah, yeah. this will, yeah, this yeah. is coming out in the new year. So yeah, yeah yes. we'll be we'll be we'll be like already having a really good yeah. 2024. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's have a terrific year. Yeah.